Sin Media acknowledges and pays respect to the people of the Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations, on whose unceded lands the Sin Studio stand. Sin extends this respect to the traditional custodians and people of the lands and waters our content reaches. It always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. My name is Marzi, you're listening to Soul Food here on Sin, and I am here with the one and only Paolo. We have just listened to the EP, which has just dropped. Paolo, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm feeling really good. I think it's been a lot of work leading up to this point, so it's just really nice to be around my friends and people from the music community around this area. It's been really nice. So the EP is called Cold Summer Paradise. You can find it on... Hopefully, all streaming platforms. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine at this point it is, it is widely available. Yes. Yes. And it's been a lovely listen to, and a very appropriate name considering the the sound of the EP. Sonically, while we are uh, listening to this on Soul Food, it does have those soul and R&B influences. It also kind of uh, tends to go more of that French sort of disco pop territory, likes of maybe like a Daft Punk or something like that. If we were to put our artist name to it, is that an influence for you? Is that something that helped influence this project? Yeah, to be honest, there are so many different influences and especially like making a body of work over an amount of time, I go through a lot of phases of getting into different types of music, but French electronic, Daft Punk, I think um, especially that last Daft Punk album, you know, I come from a like a hip hop rap background and then went into electronic and um, I think the thing I loved about that Daft Punk album was you know, them wanting to sample humans and make a more human sounding kind of electronic album. And I think that's, I guess, like my vibe, like I play guitar and bass and and in programming things, like to try and sit somewhere in between, like sounding like it's on a computer or played live. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very apt observation. I was, I was going to say much the same thing in that uh, I have actually personally been in your studio and I, I know what that whole setup is and everything that you work with. And uh, while this is a, sort of an, an electronic EP in terms of genre conventions, there is a lot of organic and sort of analog sound. Um, is there any like particular piece of equipment that you feel really helped you along the way or anything that kind of stuck out to you as, I want to use this or, or I want to go about it with this sort of process to make this music? I think it's always guitar. Yeah, I think for a a long time I made a lot of music without guitar, but guitar is something that I grew up playing. So when I kind of took up a guitar again, I think I went for a really long time, didn't even own a guitar. And then I I bought a guitar in, I think it was like 2017 or 18. And then was really rusty, started playing again. And now it's my go-to thing to start a song is always to start with guitar. Yeah, right. That, That actually, that makes a lot of sense too. Um, as well as this, I think it's worth noticing. Uh, noticing. I think it's worth acknowledging that you are uh, born in the Philippines, originally uh, from the Philippines, and have more uh, recently been based in Nam and making. A, a, I think the majority of your music career was uh, in Nam, if I'm yes. if I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, what were some of the influences that you had growing up that kind of led you in the, the the direction of your music career? I think when I was younger, it was hip hop. So I um, kind of grew up in the underground hip hop scene in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I originally started off, it was actually through street art, graph. Sure. And then I made friends with someone, he's actually here tonight, who knew that I was into music and he taught me how to kind of start producing and kind of recording at home. 
Um, and that kind of just started everything off for me. So getting into yeah hip hop music is what got me into making music in general. Around about what was the time that, that you kind of sort of transitioned into more of the sound off of, of this EP? I know we were talking mm. just a moment ago about Daft Punk in particular as, as an influence, but was there anything else that kind of led you in that direction? To be honest, like when I make music, I don't, <laughs> I don't think of genres. I just, because I, I listen to so much and I consume so many different types and styles of music I just kind of um I don't know I, I never know how to explain it and I find it really hard when I'm putting out music and they always ask oh what genre is this and that's always the first time I think about genre is when I put out the music but I think like growing up I also just really loved pop music I think also worth acknowledging here this EP is uh, your first independent release and you've made you've made the most of it I think given, given the circumstances and you've you've put out a very solid body of work here in a very solid way to a lot of your promotional content one of the things that immediately comes to mind for me is the music video that you made which was based out of your own house uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that sort of process and, and everything I know you've already been very public about what it is yeah. and again I, I think that's very admirable and uh I, I really appreciate that transparency. Yeah. But for those people that don't know, what was that process like for you? So I have this thing, like, I, to be honest, I've been putting out music while making music for a while. Um, didn't put out a lot of it. But when I make music videos, I don't really, really have a film background, but I have a lot of friends who worked in film, so I kind of picked up on what they do. But I have this thing where instead of paying someone to make a video, I'll just buy a piece of gear and go that's my budget and I just slowly build it up so like I started with a camera then I started buying lights and stuff but I guess my biggest reason for wanting to shoot a music video at home is I'm like firstly didn't have much money so I looked at how much it would cost to hire a studio it's expensive and also I am really uncomfortable sometimes if I don't feel comfortable I don't <laughs> I find it hard to perform in front of a camera I'm a musician I'm not like an actor or anything um so i guess that was like the yeah the biggest thing was to try and do something that was really cost efficient but also really comfortable so we had like nights where we'd go to film and a lot of things would go wrong and it's only like me and my partner megan making these music videos so it was kind of nice because we were just like oh let's not film tonight we'll just push it to tomorrow whereas if we hired a studio that would cost us so much and then we could actually take that time and just try and get things right sure i mean something that comes up there for me as well uh is the whole idea of a collaborative process uh as it pertains to filming music videos obviously you've kept that as minimal as possible yeah. as it pertains to music too i know that a lot of this has been something that you've just done almost entirely independently there was uh one track if i recall off of this ep that was uh somebody else came in and, and yes. did a little bit to that too did you want to yeah, I think I was just at a point where I was, um, you know, because I do everything myself a lot of the time. I'm just by myself a lot. And so I invited a friend in just so I could hang out <laughs> with someone. Um, and we just like had a couple of days of just like putting down some ideas and then he laid some things in and then he went away and then I just took what we had and just finished it. Worked with it from there. Do you have any plans to work with uh, some more people in the future in a more collaborative sense, maybe do a whole collaborative project or something like that? Yeah, it's 
it's it's a weird one for me like i'm not one of those artists who race to collaborate with people all the time not that i don't want to but i think i'm just like naturally a really shy person i um also just find that when i'm by myself i i don't know it just kind of like you know when you just kind of get in the zone with something and you just kind of just swim around wherever you want that just kind of happens so then when it comes time to collaborate it's like oh, i'm kind of like on a roll here anyway so i think yeah i don't know i i the i think the reasons that i do want to collaborate is i do spend way too much time by myself but also i think there's so much to learn from other people's processes because from the times that i have collaborated with people it's like you're exchanging so many things you know like especially when you're like sitting in like Ableton or something and you see someone do something, yeah. sometimes there's something so little as well and you're just like, oh my Lord, what did you just do just then? Yeah. Sometimes it's as simple as a keyboard shortcut. <laughs> you know, I, I never knew that you could press this button and all of a yes. sudden something that took me five moves. Yes, yes, things like that. And it's and that's the beautiful thing is like, and that's just Ableton and then you have the whole world of music and there's so many little things and big things that are out there and it feels like, you know, there's like you have a lifetime to learn it all and you will never learn it all. But um, it's just really nice to have those things just kind of pop up in front of you sometimes. Sure. I mean, adding on to that, speaking anecdotally, we haven't spent too much time in the studio, but I know even from that short interaction, just through the us chopping it up and giving it a go. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a very pertinent observation. And I hope to hear some more collaborative stuff from you in the future, as well as some more solo stuff, yeah. of course, of course. Do you have any plans to uh, take this to a stage anytime soon as well? Yes. Yeah, so we're in the process of locking in a show early November. Sure. And I'm just kind of getting my band together for that. Oh, yes, yeah. that will be my first proper show under this name. Yeah, that's sick. When you have the, the information for that too, hopefully that intersects really well with the uh, with this interview going out. So yeah. we'll be able to put a little bit of info on at the end of the interview and, and kind of push it a bit further too. So outside of that, outside of getting the band together and, and doing the live show, you've, you've got this EP out. I'm, I'm sure we're going to let this EP ride for a good while and get people's ears around it because it deserves to be heard. Do you have any plans uh, past that to um, release any more music is that something that you've already been working on or something that's going to happen a little bit later or where, where are you at yes i've been writing new music i feel like i'm always writing new music but i'm also I have this thing where i make music and i'm never completely <laughs> i shouldn't be saying this i'm never completely satisfied with what i've made so i have naturally just picked apart everything i dislike about <laughs> <laughs> my, my music and myself as an artist and I will just try and upskill those things yeah I, I feel like w with music I'm always just I don't know if I'm chasing something or I'm just always just wanting to be better and better but um yeah I don't know I think I also just love learning sure. yeah that's a very relatable concept that you speak to I think all artists go through constant states of growth I mean as people you know, yeah. we, we're always changing and growing and finding new things. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so at Soul Food, we have a couple questions specifically aimed around industry and sort of an assessment of that, just in terms of how people um, receive your music, both through consumerism side of things and through media and other um, areas of the industry, like blogs and radio and things like that. Um, there's kind of been a, a growing consensus among a lot of musicians that we've spoken to um, on this show and, and at large that 
as as it pertains at least to soul and R&B and those adjacent sort of genres, there's there's not a lot of support and um, in the industry side of things, and then there needs to be a little bit more push. What what would you say is sort of your current assessment of the music scene as an artist, as an independent artist at that, putting out music and and just trying to do what your passion is um, in terms of the industry, like. What do you think we need to see in this city to, to really have it thrive and flourish? Oh, I'm going to have to think about this for a moment. That's totally fine. <laughs> Absolutely. I, to be honest, I don't know what the complete answer is. I find Australia is a really hard place to push music. I think it's really hard here to be an independent artist. I feel like our music industry is very capitalist. I think sure. it's um, we have a real issue with the... It's almost like distribution of wealth. It's like you have a small percentage of artists making a living off music compared to how many musicians there are. Um, I think the access to a lot of things as well. I'm I'm self-taught with everything. I didn't study anything after high school. And I have a lot of friends who did study and I have a lot of friends who didn't. And for the people who didn't, it's like... Um, our awareness of things like grants I don't know like just all sorts of opportunities within music even how to write a grant like knowing that one exists is one thing but like knowing how to actually appeal to those people is an entirely different deal too yeah like I (laughs) I applied for my first grant this year and I felt I wrote the most amazing grant (laughs) and then I got told I placed in like the bottom third (laughs) (laughs) of people who applied for it it's a little bit Yeah, and then and then I think the hard thing is is you look at the people who got the grants and a lot of them are quite successful and I yeah just like things like that I think I don't know it a lot of our industry feels really gatekept it feels like a lot of deals and transactions happen just between friends yeah it's it's like it's a tricky one to navigate because it's like it's artists you know what I mean it's like a lot of artists you know you're so emotionally connected to your art and what you create and then you've got to go out into the world and try and navigate amongst people who don't understand what it is to be an artist but they kind of dictate a lot of who gets to pop through I guess sure I guess the um the essence here is that it deserves to be a little bit more risk-taking because if if uh if the smaller artists don't get a chance to, to grow up to the level of other artists, then there's no there's no reset, there's no refresh, and, and yeah. everything starts to become a little bit stale. Is that yeah. would, would you consider that to be kind of along the lines? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. sure. So we've we've had a look at the like the industry perspective. Yeah, we've had a look at uh, yeah things like grants and and things like just a, a general push from the industry to help get those emerging artists to a platform where they can be heard in, on a more mainstream level by, by yeah. everybody that wants to hear it. The wants to hear it is what I want to focus on here. Um, do you feel that there is that appeal in Melbourne in particular as a city in Nam to hear this type of music and, and uh, for people to come out to those gigs? Do, do, you, feel that, do you feel that appeal for, for this type of music to be heard? Yeah, I think so. I feel like amongst my friends, I have like two groups of friends. I have my friends who are in like bands, sure. <laughs> like la- like you know, guitars and drums, whatever. And then I have my friends who are more into more electronic sounding music. Sure. And as I sit in the middle, I think sometimes I wonder 
you know, where where is my fan base? But I I feel like there's something there somewhere. I don't know if I'm answering this question right. No, nah, this is perfect. This is great. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I don't really. <laughs> I maybe this is my downfall is I don't think of anyone else when I'm making music or putting it out. I'm just. <laughs> I I think that, that that is not a downfall by any means. Yeah. I think the 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 people that receive the most broad like widespread appeal are folks that don't necessarily care about what the audience wants because they know that what the audience wants is is just them in a genuine sense to bring it back to your music that is absolutely what i've gotten from listening to it is that this is palo and and that is what makes it interesting and and personable and not, it's not alienating. It makes yeah. it something that is really palatable to hear and something that's really engaging. And that's something that I really appreciate. So uh, do whatever yeah. your thing is. It doesn't, we, like, you don't need to know what the audience yeah. wants. What the audience wants is Paolo. Yeah. So Thank I, you. I think I, that's the takeaway yeah. there for sure. I think um, I, <laughs> I really like hearing that. I think, <laughs> to be honest, I think it's just dealing with the industry. You know what I mean? I think if the industry don't know exactly where to place you, it can sometimes make you feel like there is no place for you but you're right like speaking as a music fan who consume all different types of music yeah you're right like you just want to hear something that's authentic and that pulls you into someone else's world that also speaks to your own world and an identity not so much formed by genres per se uh, an identity formed by the artist itself yes yeah with all that being said, where can people go once again to listen to your music? Where, pe- where can people go to follow you? Uh, where can people go to watch your music video? What should they keep eyes on for for this upcoming gig? Just plug all the socials. Where are we going? Yeah. I guess like starting with my Instagram, um, yeah. Paolo Picasso. It's P-O-W-L-O-H-P-I-C-A-S-S-O. Did I spell that right? I think so. Yeah, 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 that sounds about right. Well, if that's wrong, then that's my fault. I should be on like all the platforms, you know, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Um, I think I need to <laughs> post more to YouTube. <laughs> yeah, TikTok. <laughs> Pablo Picasso, Picasso the way that Pablo Picasso spelt it and then just put Paolo in front of it. Sure. And that's both, uh, actually, Paolo on its own is the streaming platforms where wherever you yes. get your music. Yeah, in terms of upcoming gigs and things, is, is the social media is where you'll be able to find that. Yes, definitely on my social media. I'm on there quite a bit. Hell yeah. All right, easy. That's it. This podcast is brought to you by Sin Media. 